Hey, welcome to Hope for Our Times this Sunday afternoon, evening, night, a version wherever you are in the world. Maybe it's morning where you are. Listen, I want to welcome all of you. We live in an interesting world, uh, to say the least. And, and uh, what we need to learn to do is decipher truth from almost truth because there is so much deception that is out there. And, and thankfully, we have the Word of God to help uh, make us uh, sure that we are walking on the right path, the path of truth. Uh, Joshua was told by the Lord, don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. You stay focused on the Word of God. So that's what we do here. We stay focused on His Word and we take world events and we put them through the Bible. We don't take the Bible and put them through world events, but we let the Bible tell us what is really going on. And uh, so we are not deceived. I do believe that we live in very interesting times. And I will tell you this also. I believe that America has entered into the judgment of God. And I don't say that lightly. I've been warning for years about these things. Back in 2016, I had a book out called America's Coming Judgment. I was going to title it America Under Judgment, but talking with some other folks, they said, listen, and we're not so sure we are. And I said, okay, America's coming judgment. Now, if I were to retitle it, I would say America under judgment. And uh, the reason why is because of certain aspects of, of society and certain things that we are doing, which we're going to get into in just a few minutes. But I also believe we need to be alerted because I believe that the time is short. I believe that Jesus could call his people home at any moment. I do not think that the tribulation is far off. When I see the kingdom of Antichrist and what it's going to look like and the things that Antichrist is going to do and the global system and the new world order, I can only believe that we are so, so, so close to these things being fulfilled. And we're going to start looking at some of these things as we look at Daniel tonight. And specifically in the book of Daniel, uh, we're going to be looking at this subject tonight, uh, Daniel chapter 11. We're going to finish Daniel chapter 11 in this message. Say goodbye to Antichrist. Last week I, I titled it uh, the message, Say Hello to Antichrist Part 1. I thought I was going to do Part 2 on saying hello. And I thought, you know what, I'm done with this guy. Uh, let's, let's say goodbye to Antichrist. And we're going to be able to, uh, as we will see this in just a minute. But I, again, I do believe uh, that America is under judgment. I heard a, a, a story. Let's start off with a little bit of humor because we're not going to have any humor after this. There was a young man. He was taking flight lessons. And his instructor, he was up in there. He's doing a fine job. And uh, it's time for the plane to land. Uh, so the plane lands and it's, it's parked. And the flight instructor looks over at the young man that was flying the plane, and he says, Son, I've been teaching a long time, and I believe that is the worst landing ever done by a student pilot. <laughs> the young man looked at him, and he said, Me? I thought you were landing the plane. I think we can look at the world right now and say, Who's got this thing? Listen, we need to understand God has this. God is sovereign. His prophetic word told us what this world was going to look like, how things were going to shape up. Listen, you don't need to be deceived and don't be deceived. In fact, Daniel chapter 12, we're going to see this next time. Daniel chapter 12, when it comes to the last days, tells us 
that the wicked will see it and will not understand. Speaking of the events of the last days, but the wise will see it and they will understand. So again, we can understand God is in absolute control. God is sovereign. I believe that in 2016, God raised up Donald Trump to be president of the United States. And I also believe this, and this might bother some of you, but I believe that God uh, placed Joe Biden to be president of the United States and he removed Donald Trump from being president of the United States. How could I possibly say that? Two reasons. One is, uh, I think Donald Trump was in the way of the New World Order and the globalist system and the plans uh, to fulfill the Bible in this time. If indeed this is the time that we're going to watch the events of the last days be fulfilled, he was definitely in the way. Now, also understand this. If God was sovereign in raising up Donald Trump, and he wasn't sovereign in raising up and deposing Donald Trump and raising up Joe Biden, then that means that Joe Biden is more powerful than God. I'm sorry, Joe Biden is not more powerful than God. God is sovereign and God chooses who's going to lead countries. God is king and Jesus Christ is king of kings and Lord of lords. So if somebody has a problem with that, then you got a problem with the sovereignty of God. But God is in full control. God is doing this. Okay. With that being said, I look at the events of the world. I pastor a church in Southern California and uh, there's times where it's a little bit of a challenge. We're currently open. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to stay open. Uh, the threats are constantly there against us to close. They come from all different places, uh, not just from governments, but also from uh, culture and from people uh, trying to uh, make sure that we don't meet as a church anymore. Uh, but I do believe it's just a matter of time before churches will end up meeting in houses again. And uh, it's going that way. It's, it happens in other parts of the world. It's been happening for 2,000 years. And in America, we're not used to it, but it looks like uh, I believe it's just a matter of time. We need to be prepared. So hopefully this message will help prepare you as we get into Daniel 11. Again, in just a second, give me a little bit more time on this. I want you to consider these words too. In, in the book Acts, this is the Apostle Paul talking, and he says this, Acts chapter 20, and he says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. The Holy Spirit is letting the, the Apostle Paul know, look, you're going to suffer persecution for my name's sake. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you if you're one of his followers, all right? So I want you to consider that. This is hard to swallow. But then the Apostle Paul said this. This is his response. Knowing persecution was going to be coming to him. Listen, we have all the signs of persecution that's coming our way. I'll show you that in a few minutes. But the Apostle Paul continued and said, verse 24 of chapter 20, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. I love that. None of these things move me. I'm going to finish my race, and I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. Over in Revelation chapter 12, consider these words of those... Uh, this is during the tribulation period, Revelation chapter 12, John the Apostle writes, and he says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, that would be the devil, the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. In other words, Satan has been cast down. 
and they overcame him. That would be believers in Christ in the tribulation period. Get this. And they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony that God has saved my soul. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death, knowing persecution was coming, knowing that the threat of death, no, they loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And they Listen, with the threats you can't buy, you can't sell, you're going uh, to have your head cut off if you don't worship the beast. No, they didn't. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe, so if you're of the Lord, rejoice. But woe, here it is. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Folks, I look at this and I think, man, again, God is sovereign. I look at the, what's going on in the world. I believe the devil knows that he has a short time, but I believe God has determined that now is the time for these events that we are witnessing to take place because I believe, again, we have a very short time left here on this planet and we better be well prepared and be strong in the Lord. Remember, it's not about this life. We live for the next life. We live for the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's get going because we're going to say goodbye to the Antichrist tonight. So here we are, of chapter 11 of Daniel, verse 36. Let's start there. We covered that last time. I want to just, uh, just read it to get that into our head. Uh, verse 36 says, And then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god, shall speak blasphemies against the God of gods, shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished, for what has been determined shall be done. Again, this is God. He's sovereign. What, what will be determined, what's going to be done through the Antichrist, shall be done. God says it. I've determined it. It shall be done. He shall regard the Antichrist, neither the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall exalt himself above them all. Listen, I covered all that in the last message. Say hello to the Antichrist. You can go there and check that out if you want to know details. But in their place he shall honor a God of fortresses, and a God which his fathers did not know. He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus he shall act against the strongest fortresses with a foreign God, which he shall acknowledge and advance its glory and here it is and he shall cause them to rule over many and divide the land for gain so let's stop here and let's get going and see what in the world is going on here in Daniel and how it relates to today uh, and I believe man this just projects to what is coming in the very 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 near future. Uh, but number one, we note this, it's uh, when Antichrist divides uh, Jerusalem. It says here in verse 39, he divides the land for gain. So what does it mean to divide the land for gain? Uh, well, let me give you a couple of different translations to help us understand what the meaning is here. Uh, now know this, as I show you these translations, I typically teach from the New King James. Sometimes I'll use the King James Bible, uh, but I like to use other translations as commentary. Uh, when I when I able, just in, in the same way I might pick up a commentary by an author and read it on a subject to be able to say, okay, what does this mean? Let me get their opinion. I might disagree with them or agree with them. But those, both of these translations uh, uh, really help to understand 
what the meaning of this is in Daniel chapter 11, verse 39. Again, I read these as commentary. The NASB says, he will parcel out the land for a price. I think that's a, a, really accurate. And then there's this, a little bit more explanation in this one. He will honor those who submit to him, appointing them to positions of authority and dividing the land among them as their reward. Uh, so what's he going to do to divide the land for gain? Um, he's going to uh, give political rewards. He's going to give land rewards. Um, he's going to give financial rewards, uh, whatever it may be. Okay, so with that, it's going to divide the land, right? Not everybody may agree with me on this, but I believe this is what the Bible teaches. Antichrist will divide the land for gain. I think it specifically refers to Jerusalem. Okay, so let's go back a few years in our minds. Think through this with me. When Bush was president, Israel was pressured to abandon the Gaza Strip. Uh, sadly, the EU, uh, the UN, and even the Bush administration had pressured and continued to push for the creation of a Palestinian state, a land for peace deal, so that the Palestinians and the Jews could live side by side. In other words, divide the land of Jerusalem in two different states and everyone would gain for it. So you, you look at this and think, okay, uh, it's a negotiation thing. Uh, divide it, you win, you win. It's supposed to be a win-win situation. However, we have the model. When Gaza was abandoned, the evidence for what will really happen when Israel is divided for gain was displayed. Listen, when Gaza was divided, within 24 hours of Israeli withdrawal, mobs carrying Hamas and Islamic Jihad flags rampaged through the territory, shooting guns and, among other things, burning Jewish synagogues to the ground. So much for land for peace. Now check this out. Before the land was handed over to the Palestinians, the Israelis had to exhume the Jewish bodies from the Jewish graves because they knew that once the Palestinians were in control, the graves would be desecrated. And of course, even that came to pass as predicted. So much for the peaceful, loving, side-by-side -side with the Palestinian deal. But there was not one word of condemnation about any of it, any of it uh, the burning of the synagogues, nor anything else that was done to the Jews. Instead, Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, while congratulating both Israelis and the Palestinians for their effective coordination, sadly failed to mention any of the dev devastation, as if it all went really well. Listen, Gaza is a mess. So this is what we have right now. We have these different models for the land for peace uh, type of deals that are out there. And then we have Trump who came along and uh, you have the Abrahamic Accords. Um, by the way, the Abrahamic Accords, apart from the name, um, I, I look at the Abrahamic Accords and they don't fit the covenant of Daniel chapter 9 for dividing the land of Jerusalem, or Daniel chapter 11 for that matter, also uh, dividing the land of Jerusalem. It just, it just doesn't work out um, the same way. 
nevertheless, you look at these, we have these different models that are out there. And again, when Gaza was handed over, it was pretended as ever, everything went well, and it didn't go well. It reminds me of the words of Jeremiah, where you had the false prophets, you had the false priests, you had the false judges, you had the false leaders that just said, peace, peace, when there wasn't any genuine peace. It was fake. It was phony. It was a, a false um, conveyance that everything is okay and everything is going to be okay. It was a lie. And uh, you look at this with the land for peace with God. It was a lie. It hasn't worked. And no matter what the UN continually says, and no, what, no, what, uh, no matter what the mainstream media continually says, Israel just needs to give up more land, a peace with the Palestinians. It's never going to work that way. Yet when you look, Daniel chapter 11, verse 39, there is this roadmap to peace uh, that seems uh, it's going to divide the land. And uh, here we are, a new administration, the Biden administration, and I'll guarantee you, we're going to be going right back into all these failed disasters. But God warns uh, there will be consequences for the nation or nations who attempt to divide up the land of Israel. He reminds us, Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8, he who touches you, uh, touches the apple of his eye. That's the Lord that says that. He who touches you, touches the apple of his eye. And then in Joel chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 2, God says, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them uh, there on the account of my people, uh, my heritage, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have also divided up my land. By the way, you see on your monitors there, you see it has uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 14. I think you can eliminate that. That was, uh, uh, that was my error when I put that together. But you look at this. God says, I will judge those nations who divide my land. And then I think of this. Think of the words of Zechariah chapter 12, where the Bible says this, uh, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens and lays the foundations of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all the nations of the earth are gathered against her. Listen, I think of that with Zechariah. Think of that with Joel. Listen, we had a Trump administration that was very favorable towards Israel, more favorable than any president in the history of the United States, even more than Ronald Reagan was. And you look at this now and you look at where we are. We already here, we're going back into the Iran uh, peace, uh, uh, the, the whole uh, JCPA. We're going into the whole Iran nuclear deal again. Um, we're entering into negotiations with the Palestinians again. Uh, we're seeing that we, we see that China is cheering because Biden is president. And you look what's going on. And, uh, and yet Zechariah says that all of the nations of the world will be gathered against Israel. Well, guess what? Uh, uh, up, up until a few days ago, the United States wasn't gathered against Israel. In fact, the United States was supporting Israel. All that is about to change. Folks, we are so, so close to the prophetic word of God being fulfilled. Um, I, I, all I can do is really hope that my words will encourage you that you'll understand, if you don't already, the urgency of the days in which we live. 
Listen, when we see these things take place, all that is going on right now, understand that these things must happen. These things must happen. Why is that? Because God has said so. He's not gonna, listen, this world isn't just going to go on with kings and presidents and princes and governors. And, and uh, it's just going to go through these motions forever and ever and ever just changing leaders. No, there's a purpose and there is a time. God had a covenant with Israel, and that's what this comes down to. And God's going to finish the agreement that he had with Israel, and also he's going to finish what he began. He says, 70 weeks are determined for your people. Uh, Daniel chapter 9. 70 weeks are determined for your people. What for? And for your holy city. What for? Your people, the Jews your holy city, Jerusalem, to finish the transgression, make an end of sins, make reconciliation for iniquity, bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal a vision of prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. God says, I want to be done with this. We're going to be done with sin. I'm going to judge this world. We're going to be done with it. We're going to anoint the most holy, and, uh, and we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to get rid of all this bad stuff. It's going to be a whole new world. And that's what God says. And he says, 70 weeks are determined. There's a final week, a final seven-year period. God says it's going to happen. And he also tells us how it's going to happen. So as we see all of these events taking place, we can get to understand, okay, I don't need to be alarmed. God really did say that these things were going to happen. By the way, I got, I got to bring this up too, all right, before we move on. I'm going to try not make this message too long. But I want to bring this up because I've been saying for a long, long time, that America is not in the last day's prophecies. It's just not there. Some people, they'll send me emails. Some of you might want to send me an email right now. They'll tell me America is Babylon. No, America is going to be gone before Babylon is destroyed in the book of Revelation. It's, it's going to be gone. And, and, and I would say these things, and people would get mad at me and say, well, America's here, America's there. No, it's not. And, and, um, uh, and, um, I look at this with America, and, and it's bothersome. My hope is that uh, the rapture will still take place soon. And then I thought, well, maybe there will be an economic collapse. And then I thought, well, maybe there will be a great war. But now we look at America and we can say, okay, now we can say, well, see why America, as we have known it, is not going to be great. Um, it can't be great because there's a new world order that's coming, a globalist system. America must be swallowed up into this globalist system, and everything that resists it must be removed. Hence, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're an enormous problem for this new world order and everything here. But the United States must be gone. Something's got to happen to the United States to make it just be completely surrendered and limpless uh, in front of this global system. Uh, and and give all their allegiance to the Antichrist. I want you to consider this. In Isaiah chapter 28, I believe gives us another clue to that covenant with the Antichrist that he makes with Jerusalem to divide the land. Listen, Isaiah chapter 28. Um, not every scholar believes this. Uh, I believe it. Uh, Bill Salas believes it. Uh, the scholar Arnold Fruchtenbaum, one of the most respected, believes this also. Isaiah chapter 28 has a passage that deals with the covenant of Antichrist from Daniel chapter 9. Now listen to these words. The Bible says this, but the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept. This is Isaiah chapter 28, beginning in verse 13. Precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, they, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. Listen to these words. 
Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men who rule this people who are in Jerusalem, because you have said we have made a covenant with death. We've entered into a covenant. We've entered into a, uh, an agreement with the devil. We've made a covenant with death and with Shul, we are in agreement. Listen to this, keywords. When the overflowing scourge passes through, you think it will not come to us. For we have made lies our refuge. We're not believing in God. We've got this agreement with men. We've made lies our refuge, and under falsehood, we have hidden ourselves. We've hidden ourselves under this agreement that we're going to be okay. God says this, verse 18, Your covenant with death will be annulled, and your agreement with Shul will not stand. Remember, Daniel chapter 9, the covenant is annulled. At the midpoint of the, of the uh, 70th week of Daniel, the Antichrist says, no more. Here, Isaiah 28, your covenant with death will be annulled. Your covenant with the devil is going to be annulled. Your agreement with Shul will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it. You're not going to avoid a scourge. As often as it goes out, it will take you for morning by morning, it will pass over. And by day and by night, it will be a terror just to understand the report. Wow. That's uh, Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus warns, flee from Jerusalem. You better flee when the Antichrist makes us target the Jews in Jerusalem. We're going to get there in just a second, because that's the rest of Daniel chapter 11. But you'll look at this. He says you're, you're going to try and avoid a scourge, but it is not going to happen. You're not going to be able to avoid the scourge. You'll be trampled down by it. So what happens? It appears to me that Israel looks out and they see something absolutely devastating that has devastated another country or much of the world. It says to avoid a scourge. This cannot be pestilence. It cannot be the coronavirus. Why? Because they enter into an agreement to stop the scourge. That's not it. They've entered into this agreement to avoid the scourge, but you're not going to be able to. It appears to me that what they realize, something has happened to the United States of America, and in order to avoid that happening to them, they enter into an agreement with the devil instead of looking to the Lord. And that, I believe, is a very realistic probability of how it's going to go down uh, in the tribulation period with the covenant of uh, Antichrist. Um, uh, listen, I look, I don't know for sure, but it appears to me that's the way things are shaping up. Um, hopefully we won't be here to find out. I prefer to be raptured. But I want you to just consider some things, because some of these things are pretty scary. Uh, Damon Duck writes uh, in his article just the other day, the shadow government and globalist elite have gained control of every branch of the U.S. government, and there will be no way to stop the surrender of U.S. sovereignty. Demonic forces have taken over America and our nation will never recover. Faithful students that study Bible prophecy on a regular basis are not surprised. We have long taught that the Bible prophecies uh, the following. The nation of Israel will be reestablished. It has. Uh, the church will grow lukewarm. It is. Uh, there will be global pandemics, worse than COVID, he says. Uh, and he's right. Persecution of Christians, lockdowns, pastors arrests, this church is fine. Uh, global economic problems. Trillion dollar stimulus uh, packages, he writes. The economy of many nations are near collapse. There will be global famine, gross immorality, and abominations to God. Listen, we have, uh, who is the assistant health director that Biden just appointed is a transgender person. Listen, this nation has been handed over for judgment. God, 
God has turned us over. We have passed the Rubicon. Our only hope at this point is individuals to be saved. I believe America is done. And in all honesty, I'm saying that. Uh, I look at what's happening. It is appalling to think how many people who claim the name of Christ voted for someone who's in favor of 60 million abortions and promoting more abortions unabated. It's appalling. But this is the country that we live in. And I praise God that Jesus is going to save. There'll be gross immorality. Deceit will increase. Uh, censorship, lying, etc. Technology to track all buying and selling. Yeah, that's here. Um, elimination of cash. We're going to hear a lot more about that in 2021. The arrival of 10 kings in the world. Uh, this could be the part of the Great Reset that's coming up, right, statement. Dr. I'm going to get to that in a minute. That the U.S. must decline. This appears to be happening now. I just mentioned that. A world government. Biden plans to push it, and it's going to happen. An antichrist religion. Democrats have removed God from their party platform, etc. He has a lot more to say, but you look at this and you go, wow. Wow, this is the world that we live in. Um, number one, we recognize antichrist divides Jerusalem. Number two, I want you to understand this, that not everyone loves Antichrist. I just read that list from Damon Duck. Those are just some prophecies. There's so many prophecies, and we are watching them all come together right now. But, but, but look at this. Read these verses with me. Um, the rest of this from Daniel chapter 11. I'm going to finish it up. Verse 40, at the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack Antichrist, attack him. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, and with chariots and horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. Verse 41, he shall also enter the glorious land, that would be Israel, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt will not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver, over the precious things of Egypt. Also the Libyans and Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. But news from the east and the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. I can think that's only talking about Mount Moriah, Jerusalem. Yet he shall come to the end, and no one will help him. We're going to get to the end of Antichrist. You just read that. I'm going to show you right now how it is that we get there. Let's work through this. Uh, first of all, uh, note this. Verse 40 says that this takes place at the time of the end. So we know everything we just read takes place in that seven-year period from the time Antichrist confirms the covenant to divide the land until Jesus comes back, verse 45, and, and uh, destroys Antichrist and throws him into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. So it happens in the time of the end. Um, I believe verse 40 probably takes place uh, towards the early part of the tribulation period. I'll show you why in just a minute, but I must show you this before we uh, move any further through this too. There's this misplaced interpretation of Bible prophecy that everyone will be in favor of Antichrist. Um, everybody's going to be submitted to him and everybody's going to be joyful about it, except, uh, you know, for maybe a few crazy Christians and Jews that receive, uh, a few crazy Gentiles and Jews that receive uh, Jesus Christ. Um, let, let me work through this. I want to show you how this works out and why everyone is not surrendered 
And listen, Antichrist, there's this, this also concept that he controls the whole world. Listen, no one may buy or sell unless they receive the mark of the beast. But he's, gonna, he's not going to have complete control of this thing. This thing is going to have problems for him because people are going to be rebelling. Again, this kingdom only lasts a total of seven years. And only the last three and a half years is when Antichrist has to, he, he, he says no one may buy or sell unless he receives the mark of the beast. Okay. So let's see. So Antichrist rises to power through Western world with 10 kings leading a new world order. I look at this and go, man, are we close or what? So as Revelation chapter 17 tells us that there's going to be 10 kings. Daniel also talks about the feet and the toes of the statue. But Revelation chapter 17 specific, there's going to be 10 kings. I was challenged by one of my friends because I've said it's probably 10 elitist rulers he said, uh, I believe it's actually 10 kings. So I did a little bit further study on it. And you know what? I, I believe he's right. I believe the Greek word that's used there is, seems to be teaching, it is going to be kings. They're not going to be elected leaders. This world's going to be divided up somehow. Um, but there's going to be 10 kings that are going to be overseeing this, this, this empire. Uh, I believe there's a very good chance they're actually going to be called kings. They're going to be feeling pretty smug. Look at everything that's happening in politics right now. And you can imagine the rewards coming and you're going to be over this and you're going to be over that. And these kings, they're not queens, so they're going to be men, are going to be extremely powerful. Um, uh, so, but note at the time, of, and this is how, how the categories are going to go. I believe the rapture is going to take place. Then during the tribulation, there's going to be Jews who are going to come to faith in Christ. And there's going to be some Gentiles who are also going to come to faith in Christ during the tribulation period. Granted, they'll be hunted down and pursued because they aren't receiving the mark of the beast. But nevertheless, they will come to faith. And there will be non-believers who will also exist who will conform to the world's pattern and will gladly worship the Antichrist. Look, go back to 2019, December. You think, who on earth would submit and surrender and take the mark of the beast and say, I can't buy or sell unless I receive the mark. Give me the mark. Here we are, 2021, a few weeks into 2021. Was it January? January 24th, a few weeks into, Gen into 2021, and people are like willingly saying, yeah, whatever it takes to be able to buy or sell. This is not hard now. We can easily see how many people, they're going to rat you out. People are going to rat you out if you don't receive the mark of the beast. We know it, because that's already happening just with coronavirus lockdowns. There will be non-believers who may or may not take the mark, um, uh, but uh, they also don't receive Jesus. Um, so they're not going to be submitted to Antichrist, but they're not, going to be, uh, they're not going to be submitting to Jesus Christ either. They're going to be out there running in the wilderness, just trying to, they don't want Jesus, but no, they want Antichrist. There will be nations that will be led by kings who are not sold out to Antichrist. That's what we just read about in Daniel chapter 11. The king of the north, the king of the south. We have uh, news from the east. We have news from the north. So these different things are taking place. Notice how it doesn't say there's news from the West. Antichrist rises up out of a revived Roman Empire, out of uh, the Western Empire. Um, also consider this. Antichrist, Daniel chapter 7, verse 8, says that three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. That was by Antichrist. He removed three of those ten kings. He gets rid of them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 24. He shall subdue three kings. So we know that there are three kings within the ten kings. Revelation 17, the ten kings give the Antichrist their power. They say, you're it. You're the anointed one. But three of them, after they give 
the power of the Antichrist, they start to say, hmm, not so sure. And they oppose him, and he decides to eliminate them. Uh, now, I want you to think of this also. Regarding um, uh, Antichrist, again, not everyone is on board with him. There's no way that China is going to submit to a Western leader, an Antichrist coming out of the West. There's no way that Putin, or anybody who's leading Russia at that time, probably Putin, the way things are looking, is going to submit to this Western leader coming out of, of, uh, out of Europe. Listen, Putin has made it clear. He is against this whole deep state thing. Uh, China, if they're not controlling it, they aren't going to have anything to do with it. So there's no way. So you have these territories of Daniel 11. You have China. You have Russia. They're not going to submit. You have people in the tribulation. Not everybody is going to be on board with Antichrist. I know that's news to some people, but that's the reality of it. Uh, so we have his presence in Israel. Uh, a, according to verse 40, at the time of the end, uh, somewhere in the uh, seven-year tribulation period, uh, there's going to be uh, the king of the south is going to come against him, and the king of the north are going to come against him. There is a coordinated attack. It's an attack on two fronts. Now, let me make this quick. I don't want to spend too much time here, but who's the king of the south? Who's the king of the north? Well, elsewhere in the Bible, you could figure out the king of the south would be Egypt, the king of the north would be Russia. But here we have a problem with that, because in verse 42, at a time a little bit later on, Egypt is destroyed by Antichrist. But here in verse 40, this king of the south is destroyed by Antichrist. So it's not Egypt in verse 40. Uh, and then also, would it be Russia um, or Turkey or maybe uh, some other, somebody else from the north? that's coming against, against Antichrist in verse 40? Well, I doubt that because um, this is what happens. The, it's the Antichrist in verse 40 that destroys the king of the south and the king of the north. Uh, Russia and Turkey with the invasion with Iran of Ezekiel 38, that can't be this battle right here. If you're, if you're familiar with the Ezekiel 38 Gog Magog invasion, it cannot be this this company from the north and south coming against them. Why? Because here in verse 40 is Antichrist that destroys these armies coming from the south and coming from the north. I know a lot of you out there right now are thinking, I bet it's Ezekiel 38. Pastor Tom hasn't figured it out yet. No, it can't be Ezekiel 38. And here's simply why. Antichrist, again, verse 40, defeats these armies. In Ezekiel chapter 38, then you, if you read through to verse 39, you find out God defeats the armies of, of the, from the north and south, from, uh, from uh, Russia and Turkey and Iran, and then the armies from the south that come against Israel. Um, and that's a battle against Israel for, for money. This, Daniel, is a battle against Antichrist. But Antichrist defeats armies here. It is God who defeats the Gog-Magog invasion of Ezekiel 38, and God is the one who gets the glory. Israel recognizes it's God who has defeated the enemy. So they are not the same thing. So who is the king of the south? Who is the king of the north? I don't know, but I'd be willing to bet this. As we watch this whole world shape, because we're going to watch it fast right now, unless we're raptured soon, which I really, really hope. But we're going to watch it, and we're going to see, we're, we're going to see borders change. We're going to see, I believe we're going to see countries change. It's going to be, it's going to be incredible to watch what happens, but uh, the world system is going to change as we just hear about the global system. And then an Ezekiel 38 war, after that, borders changing. 
you better believe they will be. So who will be from the south and north at, at that time during the tribulation period? I don't know exactly when it is going to be, but I know it's going to happen. And then I also know this, verse 40, the king of the south and the king of the north happened just before the middle part of the tribulation, just before. Why is that? Because in verse 41, Antichrist enters into the glorious land. What's the glorious land? The glorious land is Israel. It looks like he decides I'm going to set up shop there in Jerusalem. Again, when does he do that? In the middle of the tribulation period. So verse 41, I believe, is right in the middle of the tribulation period. Why is that? Because 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 says this, he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That is at the midpoint of the tribulation period. Um, this, I believe it takes place when he enters into the glorious land. So I look at all of these things and I think this is remarkable. You got to picture this. Antichrist is just devastated. He's just, he's just uh, ruined um, the king of the south. He's just ruined the king of the north who came against him like a whirlwind and he enters other countries and he overwhelms them and he passes through. So Antichrist has just ruined these countries and devastated them. He goes and he sits in the temple, demands to be worshipped as God, and I believe it's going to be real simple for him. This is what he's going to say. He'll say, look, here's, here's the story, Morning Glory. This is what I've done. I've given you a peace agreement and I just defeated all of these enemies that you've had problems with for centuries. Guess what? I just whooped them all. You owe me. Now what happens in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you see it, he sits in the, as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Revelation chapter 13, it's at that point when he demands that everybody receives the mark of the beast um, or they cannot buy or sell. So I'm telling you, man, we are seeing these things shape up so incredibly fast. But you start to get the impression not everybody is happy with the Antichrist, right? Not only that, verse 41 continues and says, Edom, Moab, and uh, Ammon escape from the Antichrist. What is this? This is, this is all territories within modern-day Jordan. And Ammon is uh, the capital city currently of Jordan, uh, known as Ammon. So fascinating to watch also, isn't it? I think it's fascinating. Okay, let's move on. We have his presence in Israel. This will start going a little bit faster now. We have his punishment of Egypt. Um, look at this, verse 42 and 43. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver, over all the precious things of Egypt. Also the Libyans and Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. Uh, by the way, before we go any further, I want to welcome everybody who is watching, not just on YouTube or Facebook, but now on Rumble. Yes, we are on Rumble, so I want to welcome all of you, and man, I hope we get a lot of subscribers on Rumble ASAP. We had uh, 76,000, 75,000, something like that on YouTube. Uh, so we're way behind on Rumble, but we are on Rumble. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, so I want to thank everybody. I meant to mention that earlier in uh, the message uh, tonight. But here we are. We have his punishment of Egypt. This is a reminder when we read about what Antichrist is doing here. He's defeating all these armies. 
Um, and it, it, it's country after country he's been defeating. Look at this again. He overwhelms them and passes through. He shall enter the countries, verse 40. Verse 41, he goes into the glorious land and many countries will be overthrown. So, and then he goes against Egypt. He has his hand again, verse 42. Stretch out his hand against uh, the countries in the land of Egypt shall not escape. So it appears he's just devastating everyone except for Jordan, but he's devastated pretty much everybody else. It's this, and now he's devastating Egypt. This is a reminder to me of Revelation chapter 13, which says, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with the beast? Who's going to be able to stop the beast? Listen, I want you to think of something. If you're a, a Bible-believing Christian right now, I'm just going to read these to you. I'm not going to read the whole articles. Uh, they're both kind of long. So I'm just going to read some real short things uh, from this. Yeah, this is a, an article, an op-ed, The Ferocious Last Gasp of, religion of, of the Religion of Christian America, written by a professor at none other than Pepperdine University, supposedly Christian University. But this is what he says. As Trump's reign implodes, the anomalies of Christian support betray the last gasps of this long-standing American religion that is now passing away. The religion of Christian America, sustained by a corrupted version of Christianity. When they say corrupted version of Christianity, they're talking about you if you're watching this, and they're talking about me, because we actually believe the Bible is true. That's what, that's what they're saying. If you believe it's true, you got a problem. Remember this uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago? If you were a fundamentalist, they tried to label Muslim fundamentalists as terrorists. And I said this at least 10, 15 years ago. I said, watch, they're going to label a fundamental Christian as a terrorist. That's happening right now. That's right. If faith can inspire extremism, a dying belief system can inspire unthinkable deeds, even unthinkable acts of violence, as its adherents attempt to preserve its power. In other words, you're a Christian, and you're going to do all kinds of unthinkable violent acts as you want to preserve your power. You've got to hold on to it. To be clear, this dying American religion has little, again, this is supposed to be a Christian writing this, this dying American religion has nothing, little or nothing to do with Jesus, who consistently lifted up oppressed and marginalized people, women, the poor, and ethnic minorities, for example. But everything has everything to do with white patriarchal dominance. And as it dies, it opens up space for new voices that have been marginalized for many years. And there we find fresh hope. Where do we find fresh hope? We find fresh hope in uh, knowing that we don't have to deal with biblical Christianity anymore. They're looking to their utopian world, a world without this that we're talking about right now. Wow. The ultimate concern of millions who consciously or unconsciously follow the lead of Christian America focuses squarely on preserving the privilege of power. This is insane. That their earlier dominance had afforded them. Because of their privilege and power defined them the meaning of life and because they regard the loss of power and privilege as a living death, their devotion to status is not merely political. It's also deeply religious. We will therefore see more assaults, perhaps even more violent assaults. Here in America, you look at that and you go, wow. So you're, you can see where this is going. If you're a Christian, you're a violent person, you got problems. We've got a new world order. We have a new hope. And that's coming from this guy who says he's a Christian. So this is, this is disturbing. Okay, that's only that part. There's more. Listen to this. There's a Democrat document that surfaced demanding Biden clamp down on conservative Christians, remove them from public office, and re-educate Trump voters. 
A group backed by congressional Democrats touting a secular America sent a 28-page document to Biden transition team advising him to strip First Amendment rights from Christians who advocate traditional biblical positions on the sanctity of life, marriage, education, and the nuclear family. The document says, we urge you not to underestimate the institutional strength of what we refer to in this document as the Christian nationalist movement or the religious right. Its extreme and sectarian agenda is on constant display under the Trump Pence administration. Its political ideology is anti-democratic and anti-scientific. It provides constant cover for white supremacy. There you go. Are you a Christian? You white supremacist. Trevor Loudon told Worldview TV that this could be interpreted as a recommendation to send conservative Christians to re-education camps. The strategy calls for redefining conservative churches and Christians as white nationalists and target them for attacks in the media, on social media, weaponizing the Federal Department of Justice against them, and... and uh, um, and black churches, he right, and black pastors will not get a pass. Even if you're black, you can be labeled in this nat white nationalist. Uh, you're a danger to society. If you, um, if you believe, uh, let's see, let me see here. You're residing in a country whose declaration of independence says your rights come from God. And if you believe that, you need to be shut down, reprogrammed, and put out of business. So I look again, I think, this is the direction it's going. And, and I'm, I, I, listen, I, I, I can't exhort you enough to be ready and to be, be prayed up. And again, I opened up with Acts. Uh, Paul did not count his life as dear to him, knowing persecution was coming. The Holy Spirit kept telling him, listen, the Holy Spirit is telling us. He's revealing. This is what they're telling us they want to do and they're going to do. We hear about the Great Reset. I'll close here in just a couple more minutes. But I, I look at this. And then I look at Revelation. They did not love their lives unto death. And then here in Revelation chapter 13, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And we see this. And in this case, Egypt is established. After establishing a military presence over in Israel, he devastates Egypt. Listen, Egypt, according to Daniel chapter 11, just read it, will be devastated by Antichrist. However, check this out. After that, Egypt will become a wasteland and a wilderness only temporarily. Very temporarily. Can come in, wipe them out, but then Isaiah chapter 19, you need to read it if you get a chance to. Many in Egypt are going to turn to the Lord for salvation. It's going to be a huge, huge, enormous turning to the Lord for their salvation because of their uh, oppressors. Um, but then verse 44 tells us that, that Antichrist is going to receive news from the east and he's going to receive news from the north. Who is it that's giving him news from the east and news from the north? Uh, it, it bothers him. It tells him news from the east and the news from the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. So he's just he's full of the devil and, he, and not everybody loves him. So again, News from the east, news from the north. Who's the north? I don't know. He's already devastated an enemy from the north. By this time, Russia's already been devastated by the invasion of 
Ezekiel 38. So again, this supports my thinking that there's going to be um, borders that are going to change with this new world order forming in the way we see what's happening right now on the southern border of the United States of America. Have you witnessed that? Already, right, just talked about tearing down the wall, tearing down this, this, this wall that was starting to keep us safe. Listen, I, I look at what's happening, it is just, man, it's, it's, disturbing. it's, it's troubling. Nevertheless, uh, there's news from the East and news from the North that troubles him. And uh, listen, I believe this relates to Armageddon. Uh, he gets the news from the East. This is, this is how I believe Armageddon goes down. It's a couple here with Daniel chapter 11, verse 44. Armies come in. Uh, uh, Revelation tells us um, that this will revelate. In fact, I'm going to turn over to Revelation. Let me go over here. Revelation. Can you give me a minute? Please give me a minute. <laughs> kind of weird talking to only people on camera. Just saying. <laughs> but that's the way it is. Revelation chapter 16. Um, this is what Revelation chapter 16 says. And keep your mind at the same time on Daniel chapter 11, verse 44. Revelation chapter 16 says, and then there's that Armageddon the, the, at the very end of the tribulation period. Then the sixth angel poured out his bull on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. Euphrates River is dried up, kings from the east. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and to the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So I look at this. We have these kings coming from different areas. Armageddon, uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse 44. I know that's at the time of the very end because in the next verse in Daniel chapter 11, Antichrist is getting destroyed. What happens here after this battle? Antichrist gets destroyed. So it appears to me it's talking about the same battle. So here it says kings of the east. Could it be uh, an army out of China? It could be that China's involved. It says kings, it's plural. News from the east, Daniel chapter 11. But listen, I've said this a thousand times. Um, here where it says uh, the army from the east or news from the east in Daniel chapter 11, it just means east of the Euphrates or maybe even only east of Israel or east of Jerusalem. It doesn't necessarily refer to all the way over to China that far east. Not only that, but a mistake that a lot of Bible teachers make is they say there's a 200 million army that's going to come out of China and, uh, and it's, going to, it's going to be here in Armageddon. And listen, there's mixed up scriptures they have. That comes from Revelation chapter 9, a 200 million uh, set of demons. This is Revelation chapter 16. You don't see anything about 200 million. They're not the same judgments. But here you have these kings from the east that come, and they're going to come into Armageddon. Uh, and you also have from the north that they're going to come from Daniel chapter uh, 11. And then also here at Armageddon, Revelation chapter 16, you have these armies that are called from these demons to gather there in this place that the Bible describes as Armageddon. So I look at this, and I think... Huh, interesting. Again, uh, uh, by the way, I want to say this before I move on, because I've said uh, the United States is not, it's not this great big powerhouse. It's not the Babylon that's destroyed at the end of the tribulation. I believe in the United States is not going to be that powerhouse long before we get there, long before that, that time comes. I believe we're, we're watching the collapse of America right now. Pretty hard not to see that, um, if you study Bible prophecy, that is. Uh, but also, 
told many people China's not going to be this great big powerhouse either. Again, it's not going to have an army of 200 million. It could be involved in this, but it's just going to be one of the players. It's not going to be this great big powerhouse. People say, well, that's impossible. China's so powerful now. Well, in 2019, people said, that's impossible. America is so powerful now. People get mad at me when I mention it, but... But here we are. Nevertheless, what happens? Jesus says, Revelation 16, next verse, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. In other words, you better be ready. You better be ready. You better be ready. And then finally, uh, with this battle with the Antichrist, um, he is going to get destroyed by Jesus Christ. Look at this very last thing. We're just about done here. Where am I? What book am I in? Daniel. That's right, Daniel. Chapter 11, verse 45 um, says, And he, this be Antichrist, shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and no one will help him. Hallelujah. How does this all go down? Look, we're just about done. This is what it says, Joel chapter 3. God says, I already, already mentioned this, I will gather, and I have verse 14 there again, forget about verse 14, but I will gather all nations and bring them down through the valley of Josephat, and I will enter into judgment with them uh, there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have also divided up my land. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Joel chapter, whoops, oops, there we get this from verse 14. Let me go back to it. Here we are. This is verse 14. There we go. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near the, in the valley of decision. Zechariah chapter 14. The Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west. I love this. I have stood on the Mount of Olives before. I have taught on this passage from Zechariah before. I've taught on the Olivet Discourse from there. Standing up on the Mount of Olives. And let me tell you, it's pretty cool to be up on the Mount of Olives and talking about that day when Jesus comes back and he stands there and the Mount of Olives is split in two and, and he gets to throw the Antichrist and false prophet into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And we're going to see that in just one second. Also, Revelation chapter 19 says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and him who sat, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. This is the Lord Jesus. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And this continues. He had a name written on it. Whoops. Excuse me, I just read that. And let me go up here. Next verse. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on a white horse. This would be me and you following him on a white horse. Uh, if, if you're saved, listen, we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in heaven. We're going to be raptured. The Bible tells us about a generation that's be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to be caught up, and then at the end of the tribulation, we are coming back with Jesus. So again, back to the verse. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King 
King of kings and Lord of lords. I say hallelujah to that. And I saw the beast, that would be Antichrist, the kings of the earth. All, those, all these leaders we got out there right now, they're telling us how evil you are if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. We hear of them already talking about re-education camps and, and hauling us off and this kind of thing. Listen, you're a problem. If you're a believer in Christ, you are a problem. You've gotten in the way of these, these leaders in the world. And, I, and there's wicked, wicked, wicked things that are taking place right now. You're a problem. They want to get rid of you. Listen, so again, I look at this verse, Revelation 19. I saw the beast, Antichrist, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Uh, let me stop here. It appears from Daniel that these kings of the earth, they come to make war against the Antichrist. They're not getting along. You get to here, Revelation chapter 19, it appears that their attention is directed elsewhere. And they say, wait, look, there's the real problem. Jesus, he's coming out of the sky. He's got a white horse. Let's attack him. They've all gathered there. God's gathered them there for the day of Armageddon. And then the Bible says, then the beast was captured. This would be Jesus captures them or tells his angels to, however that goes down. And with him, the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. So he's talking about the beast is captured. The false prophet is captured. And, uh, and uh, all the deception that went on with the mark of the beast. And these two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed by the sword, which proceeded from the mouth from, out of him who sat on the horse. Listen, I say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Here in Daniel chapter 11, uh, the, the Antichrist will plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious mountain. Uh, I believe it's between the Mediterranean Sea and Jerusalem. He's going to plant there somewhere in the glorious uh, mountain. And yet he shall come to his end and no one will help him. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to absolutely destroy him. Listen, I had a few more things I wanted to share with you, but I know it's been a long message, so I'm going to let you go. Listen, I, I, I can't exhort you enough. I can't encourage you enough. You got to stay focused. You got to stay. You got to stay involved. Um, you need to be prayed up. You need to be paying attention to what is going on. I believe we've entered that time of God's judgment on America. I've already mentioned it. It's alarming. It's disturbing to some people. But l listen, we look up because our redemption draws near. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. This life is going to pass away one way or another, and there's going to be more and more pressure for you to turn from Jesus and just surrender to the world system, to surrender to the world's model. Don't do it. We are almost there. We're at the home stretch. We are about ready to be home. I believe our time is very, 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 very short. We're about ready to see the Lord in all of his glory. Listen, until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.